what is up everybody welcome back to another episode of the spectators i'm julian osius i'm here with brooklyn as always what's going on buddy what's good bro just been uh taking in all these sports man we're we're getting a good dose of it everywhere you look we got something to watch it's been cool but how you been doing yeah same thing just uh just watching a whole lot of sports uh i mean there's just been games at all points of the day with the nba and then the mlb and we even had the uh, the pga tournament this week that i was watching a little bit of so we we had a lot that that happened and um you know let's just kind of get right into it we're going to start with the nba we are winding down on the initial uh eight games on the bubble so the last games are going to be played on Friday. Uh, it, it feels like it just started and it's already kind of ending, which, you know, makes sense. Yep. They're, they're jamming a lot of games in pretty quickly. Uh, who stood out to you and who are you, like, looking out for as we get closer to that playoff? Um, I mean, from the East, the Pacers and what TJ Warren has just exploded onto the scene and has been doing. The Pacers are going to look dangerous if him and Depot could really mesh in the playoffs like this, man. Like, <laughs> the run TJ Warren's on is just dangerous. Man's dropping 50, 30 after 30, just countless. And then hits a buzzer beater against the Lakers, too. Yeah. So, from the East, definitely the Pacers. Who you got from the East? Um, I agree fully with you on the TJ Warren thing. He's played out of his mind. Um, we've seen that with a, a couple of players that are kind of they come into the bubble, and uh, I whether it's the conditions, not playing in front of fans or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. it feels like just shooting in general as as a whole is a lot better. Um, but from the East, uh, it's not so much a team that I think is going to do well, but a team that I think is not going to do well, and there's there's a specific reason that came out last week for this is the. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers. I think yeah. um, they probably came into this feeling pretty confident. Uh, ben Simmons was starting to play more of a definitive role as a power forward. They were trying to figure themselves out, and they were starting to do that. And then Ben Simmons has uh, some, I don't even know what it was, like some body fluid or something like that in his knee. It was uh, loose bodies in his knee yeah. that they have to remove. So, so, so something like surgery. something happened, and there was like, shards in his knee and he has to get surgery to take that out and that's not an easy recovery so ben simmons is out for the rest of the season and that pretty much puts a a little stamp and sends off the the 76ers from really competing this season yeah and it's tough for them yeah it's a big blow it's definitely a big blow but i don't know how primed they were to do it anyway um even with Ben Simmons, I don't know. They're just a team that they feel like they're right there and they're just never going to break that seal, whether it's coaching, whether it's roster, like the way that it's constructed. I'm really not sure, but they're, they're never a team that actually like scares me to, to see. Make and the run. thing is right now, there's a big unknown with Ben coming into the bubble up in his shooting game. Now, was that really going to translate and make that big of a difference? We don't know. We don't really know. He he was looking decent, but now we we won't get that. So, yeah. It's tough. So, let's really let's uh that. let's move out west. Uh 
so obviously the West is a little bit more complicated. We have a handful of teams out there in the bottom, and the West just top to bottom is a little bit more, I guess you'll say even. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have the the Grizzlies sitting pretty at the at the eight spot right now. They're a half a game up on Portland, and then below Portland, I believe you have the Spurs, the Suns, and I can't remember the third team, but there's another team down there as well. And so they're all fighting for that positioning. And it's important to note that getting into the eight seed isn't necessarily the goal because there is that that uh, eight and nine seed playoff that's going to happen out there in the West. Yeah. And so that'll be happening this weekend on Saturday and potentially Sunday. Um, it'll be pretty much a, a best of two series if the – the eight seed wins game one, they they won, it's over. If the nine seed wins game one, they go play a, a game two. And if the nine seed wins again, then the nine seed does, in fact, make the playoffs as the eight seed. That might sound confusing. If you saw, like, what it was on a screen, it would make sense, I promise. Uh, <laughs> so they're actually playing for something, even though they're a handful of games back. And I think that makes it more exciting. Like, I'm very excited for that potential eight versus nine game absolutely that's gonna be crazy and it's a little scary too because if you get a team like memphis who's holding the eight seed right if you get a team like then say against san antonio who's a bunch of seasoned veterans with pop at the helm you got to be a little worried if you're memphis that young team that pop's gonna cook something up to beat you twice in a row absolutely and and so you know anything can happen but with the way that the Phoenix Suns have been playing and Devin Booker in the man. bubble. Oh, man. that They haven't lost. Yeah. Only undefeated team in the bubble. Yeah, 5-0. They're 5-0. and Never lost. And and that's what makes this like play-in game so exciting because otherwise they probably would be out of contention at this point, right? There were so many yeah. games back initially. I think they were the lowest team overall. And yeah, nobody was even looking at the Suns. But the Suns was just like the oddball out, like, eh, all right, they're there, but are we worried about them? No. And and, and then you just get you get <laughs> they, they showed up. They I don't know what they did during their time off, but they they definitely meshed and they're gelling, and they're they're feeling good. And, and it's not like they were out here beating bad teams. I mean, they started off with the Mavericks, so they go beat Luka Doncic, then they go beat the Clippers. The, the red hot Pacers again with TJ Warren and then the the Miami Heat who's what are they the four seed in the East so it's not like they're out here beating up on the the Wizards and the Magic every night no and you know they're they're five and, and the off. Wizards are a team that did not come to play no they've lost every game the, in the, the Wizards were they I think they knew and so <laughs> I think the Wizards were kind of yeah. one of those situations where they were kind of happy to be here to say they were here. And that's about it. But <laughs> losing every game, like, yeah. that, that's tough. I mean, they weren't – it was never going to be any different, honestly. The Wizards just were clearly the team that, like, one does not look like the other when you looked at all the teams in the bubble. Yeah. And, you know, the, again, I think they were just happy to be here. They're still a lottery team, so they're definitely excited for that. Uh, and now, as of last night, the Kings and the Pelicans both got uh, – yoinked out of the playoffs yeah neither of those teams played so particularly eliminated. well either um i know i saw i don't know if you saw it but lonzo ball uh quote tweeted like a bleacher report tweet and they just tweeted his stats in the bubble and he was like yeah i hope you post my stats next season too and i love the energy 
yet this is not these stats that they're posting from him in the bubble they might as well mirror his career stats um, yeah it was like five points a game two rebounds like just it's just bad stats it's in, no, nothing but it's not the, just a, that it's bad stats it's just literally like what he's done as in his career as a professional it's it's just exactly yeah. exactly what you would expect from from Lonzo Ball and so, you know I, I like that he's saying do that again next year but how many how many years are we gonna have to keep <laughs> waiting for you to to hit your stride I'm not really I'm not really sure when when that's gonna happen I mean this Pelicans team is gonna be something to watch out for though in the coming future Lonzo Ingram Zion like they, they got a decent young squad now all the pieces got to connect but it could look really nice over the years. Yeah, and and I think a lot falls on Lonzo as well. Um, will yeah. he ever actually become a guy who scores more than eight or nine a game? And you know that's not and the potential's there. Yeah, just gotta execute. Yeah, but you, that can be that's said all for comes down in to. the league. I mean, you're in the league for a reason, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's and, facts. and in in my opinion, he's probably in the the bottom five percent of scoring ability in the league. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, are we gonna see it happen? It's been a couple of years now. Yeah. We don't want to call you a bust, but you know, how long are we gonna have to wait? At least be the playmaker that you were expected to be. Yeah, exactly. Like nobody really expected you to come in and drop thirty points a night. That, that's not what you're here for. But we want more than three assists a night. That that's what you're here for. Yeah. You're here to or, or be the facilitator. Even if it's get not your team up in, in. Assists, just like actually And I mean on the fast breaks it's been looking nice. Him and Zion have had a crazy connection on the oops too. I know you you've been seeing it. It's been looking crazy. So if you can get that on a consistent basis and not just a highlight play every now and then, then you got something to really work with and fine tune. Yeah. But if you're just sporadically doing it, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Nothing's really gonna come from that. We'll see. I don't. I, I really don't know what to expect from from that team moving forward. I know Brandon Ingram's really good, yeah. and I know Zion is hopefully gonna stay healthy and become really good. But outside of those two, I'm I just don't know. So we'll see. Yeah. But that's that's for future episodes and future um, NBA previews when we're not about to head into the playoffs. Um, but in the West, I think I'm. The West is really tough for me because you have the Lakers who are obviously led by the king, the GOAT, young LeBron James. LeBron, LeBron. And then you got Anthony Davis who is just equally as insane. But they haven't they haven't played particularly well in the bubble. And I know LeBron yeah. hasn't played and he's still trying to get his footing and I and I understand all that and he'll be ready for the playoffs. They they secured their one seed, so they're kinda of taking it easy. I understand that. But I just really don't know what to make of the West because you have you have uh, them, right? And then you have the Rockets who are playing really good basketball right now. With uh Absolutely. James Harden and Russell Westbrook becoming the highest scoring duo of all time. Which is insane to think about. With with all the the crazy duos that we've seen this decade, never mind just like of all time. And um, yeah, I I just don't know what to make of it. What what are you thinking? What are you feeling? The Rockets are gonna be scary. I know we've chewed the small ball thing throughout uh the time since that's happened, but they're they're gonna be scary. And 
it's interesting to see what the Mavericks are going to be doing, man. Luka's playing out of his mind. So the Mavericks, they're, they're nothing to be slept on, too. Him and Porzingis could make something happen. Yeah, and, and Porzingis is playing really quietly. well, also. I will yeah, very quietly. There. So they're, they're nothing to sleep on, either. And, I mean, you got the Jazz and the Thunder. Like, those are two wild cards, too, that could come out of nowhere and make something happen, too. So... Well, and, and the West the interesting... lives up to his wild, wild West once again, and even more wild this year being in the bubble. The, the crazy thing to me is that the the Clippers and Denver seem. I think they're pretty locked in at two and three, interchangeable, like whichever one you want to kind of pick for the two and the three seed. Yeah. But then you have, and I think the Rockets are probably, unless like they lose three straight, are probably going to sit at four. But then you have. OKC, Utah, in Dallas, and you just mentioned that Luka has played really, really well. Uh, mm-hmm. th- those three teams are kind of jostling for that positioning, and obviously you want to stay away from the Clippers if you can, right? Yeah. So if you can slip to that six seed and play Denver, not that Denver is a bad team, but I'd much rather play yeah, you got Jokic a better chance than the Clippers than Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That's just the way that is. Like absolutely. And and especially with like the playoff experience, like Kawhi, obviously he he doesn't care who you are. He's gonna he's gonna cut your throat. The dynasty killer <laughs> himself, like he do, he doesn't care. Yes, sir. So you want to stay away from that bad man if you can. Uh, we'll really see. I think Dallas winds up staying at seven because they they have played a couple more games already. But if if they could, you know, run off a couple of wins here at the end. Make a run for that six seed, five seed. Then I'm really gonna look out for Dallas in the playoffs if they can like get away from the Clippers. Yeah, it's gonna be hard for them to get six because they're two games back right now. Utah got two games left, so they gotta lose both, and Dallas got three games. So I mean, could they? In theory, yeah. Will they? Probably stay at the seven. Yeah, and if they're staying at seven. Um, it's gonna take some uh, a Herculean effort from from Luca and and Porzingis to push past the Clippers. And even if they do that, then they're gonna be greeted very kindly by the winner of that uh, Denver series, I imagine. So that's that's just not yeah. fun. <laughs> that's just not fun at all. Well, we're shaping up for <laughs> some really crazy matchups. Yeah, and and espe- wait, especially man. out in the West. Like the West, every year kind of feels the same way, where it's top to bottom. But I think with the bubble, and with this play-in game, that say the the Phoenix Suns make it through, they win ten straight games. They win all their eight games in the bubble, and then their two games to knock off the eight seed. You know that that's something to to take into consideration with them going in to play to say the Lakers at the one seed, right? Like a red hot team in the bubble feeling good like i'm not i'm not gonna say they're gonna get swept they're not gonna lay down and die you know yeah and so i'm just super excited for the playoffs uh the whole bubble thing has just been really cool the games at least at the beginning felt really really intense with like the picture kind of shaping out now they're becoming a little bit less less so uh, which understandable, you don't want to burn out for the playoffs. In certain cases, yeah, but then you got like the Clippers and the um, Trailblazers getting some Twitter beef going on on there with Dame Lillard, PG, Pat Bev chiming in like he usually does. So like, 
it's spicy over there in the bubble. Oh yeah, and it's really it, spicy. It's it's so funny because Dame is obviously a great player, right? He's one of the best mm-hmm. point guards in the league, if not the best, if with Steph not being here, right? And you know he misses those foul shots against the Clippers. They wind up losing that game, and the the cheering and like the kind of like the the jarring that you got from Paul George and Pat was like actually really funny. It felt like an AAU game, and yeah. which is essentially what this is. It's really just a glorified AAU tournament, and. And then, the, but we got media after, so now we don't just got chirping on the court, but now we get to hear the reaction after, and then see it on Instagram and the comments back and forth, and Dame saying, "Well, I booted both of them out the playoffs, so of course they're gonna be happy that <laughs> I I didn't hit those shots because they expect me to." And that's I don't know, that's so funny yeah. to me. And then comes out and drops fifty in the next game, which and we've been talking about uh, this throughout the week. I don't know if we spoke about it on air last week, but like being in the bubble. And, like, going into the playoffs and just in a regular season, after a game, you you got the competitiveness going back and forth. But after the game, you're on the bus, you're on the plane, you're off to the next city to play your next game. When you're in the bubble, like, you're still there. You're going to see them the next day just walking around Disney. Like, you're at the hotel. So the beef don't get squashed right there. It's marinating the whole time. So, like, there's no running away from it. And it's great. Because everybody's a competitor, and they're going to be dogging throughout this whole run. And <laughs> you you better come correct, because there ain't no running from it. You better be ready to fight back. Yeah, and, and it's dope. And for him to respond with that 51, he, he joins like that. I don't remember the names in the group, but it was like players who scored uh, 10 or more 50-point games. And I know I saw Wilt, yeah, Bron, Wilt LeBron, AI. Harden. Iverson, um, Hakeem was in there. Yeah. It, it's like a list, and then you see Dame, and it's like, oh, okay, so he's he's actually like that. He got it like that, and it, he's easy to forget because yeah, he's out there in Portland, man. and they're not necessarily like true contenders, or at least like in our eyes. I mean, I think they are, but you know, and it, it's kind of easier to forget about them. They're not they're not the Lakers. They're not the the Celtics or the Knicks like that are always getting the attention when they're good. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of easy to brush him off, but he, he won't let you forget, which is always fun. And it's dope. And, uh, any, any last, uh, little comments on the NBA before we move on? Um, shout out my nets. Yeah. They <laughs> that, made the playoffs. Congrats. They're going to be a 17 too. So. Beat the Bucks two games that I did not think we were gonna pull out, but shout out, we're we're looking hot. Yeah, and who who are so, you likely gonna play the Raptors? Yeah, we just clinched the seven, so we got the Raptors. Gotcha. That's that's not gonna be a cakewalk, but it's better than playing the Bucks. It's so. better than playing the Bucks. <laughs> better than playing the Bucks. So a lot better. So, so. Yep. it is what it is. Yeah, uh, let's see what happens. But shout out. All right, <laughs> moving on to the MLB. We are about a quarter of the way through the season already, which is insane because, what, three weeks ago we had our MLB preseason episode, and and yeah. now we're uh, a quarter of the way through. Some teams have played 16, 17 games. Uh, one team in particular has played, like, seven. Um, that's just um, bad ownership, bad leadership over we, there in, in the team that should not that be named. We got teams that haven't played since... Um the 29th of July. 
that only got five games played. They only have five games played. Yikes. They only got five games. That's so bad. And that's the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what's gonna happen with the Cardinals, but they they obviously uh were affected by the COVID. Um it's completely their fault. They're completely uh responsible for what's happening to them. But it sucks because now a lot of their teams that they're supposed to be playing are missing a lot of games and it's yep. not their fault. It's just this, the way the schedule worked and that the the Cardinals aren't healthy yet. So I don't really know what's going to go on over there, but the Cardinals are going to have to play 60 games in 30 days, apparently, if they're going to even play this season. I have no idea how it's going to work. There, there's no way they make up that many games. But they got to make up like, some of them just, still got just for the other teams. Some right? of them, yeah, but that's a lot to make up. Yeah, they'll probably reschedule some of these other teams to play against each other a couple extra times. Is what I would imagine. Yeah, but you know that that's gonna be um, that's gonna be a lot. Uh, I want to start it off with some surprises this season because as, as we mentioned it to start the year, but there's gonna be teams that just take advantage of there only being sixty games and just kind of mm-hmm. playing above the expectations, right? Uh, one of them I want to mention is the Colorado Rockies. They're actually in first Absolutely. place over there in the NL West. And the Rockies looked like they were going to be completely rebuilding. They still had three studs out there, right, with Charlie Blackman, Trevor Story, and Arenado. But outside of those mm-hmm. three, the team looked desolate. They, their starting pitching was shaky. They don't really have a good outfield, per se. Um, I don't even know who their catcher is, honestly. And then relieves, <laughs> relieving pitchers are an even bigger question mark than their starters, right? Yeah. Yet, here they are, 15 games into the season, 11-4, and four, with probably That's the National the League MVP too. on their team in Charlie Blackman. Yeah. Or Trevor Story. Like, you could eat, honestly pick either one, and I wouldn't be mad. And, and Blackman's sitting here with a four fifty eight batting average, got 18 RBIs. Like, the man's doing his thing. Yeah, and, and it's also important to note that most of their games to start the season haven't been at home and that's important because they're the only team in baseball that has a true quote-unquote home field like advantage in that playing in Colorado the air is you're you're higher up the altitude is higher so the ball uh flies off the bat flies so you're supposed to have a higher average hitting there allegedly right and so they haven't played most of their games in Colorado yet so they're they're hitting like this on the road, that's scary. Yeah, that is definitely scary. Um, another team I want to point out, and then I'll throw it over to you, is um, this one's less serious, but it's it's kind of funny that we're at this point in the season and they're still in the mix. Uh, the Detroit Tigers, <laughs> uh, they're they're eight and five. They they've beaten the Reds a handful of times. They beat the Cubs twice. Like this is not a team that anybody expected to to win eight games all season, I feel like. And here they are at eight and five. And, you know, they're a quarter of the way through the season. Who knows what happens? I, I don't think they wind up holding this and vying for a playoff spot, but it's extended playoffs. Who knows? I, you know? It's, yeah, anybody can make the playoffs. Like, no. <laughs> this thing is going to be nuts come playoff time. But uh, who you got? I mean, the Oakland A's have just been balling and winning and hitting walk-offs Nine and game home runs and just 
and <laughs> just, just playing a really good baseball, man. <laughs> like, everything could be said about them. They're playing lights out right now. They're looking good. And we said it to start the year, like, the A's are going to be a team that are either going to start slow or start, start hot. And they picked the latter, and they're running with it. Yeah, and they're getting a lot of production out of their starters. Uh, Jesus Lazardo gets called up, has a good start. Chris Bassett is building off a really good year that he had last year. Or he had an okay year last year, but now he's actually starting to like prove that he's actually like a pitcher that should be starting in this league. Um, then you mm-hmm. got Matt Olson, who's finally kind of breaking out. We've always known he's a really good hitter, but he's like finally starting to show that. Uh, Matt Chapman's doing Matt Chapman things at third base, and they're just kind of getting production out of different positions, which is the most Oakland A's thing ever, right? Yeah. Uh, not to mention that Ramon Laureano is uh, joining the uh, the Mount Rushmore of the uh, anti Houston Astros shrine that we're building. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> yesterday he he starts. Uh, I don't know if you want to say he starts it or not, but uh, a brawl no, kind of happens between the A's and the it. Astros, um, which it's important to kind of context everything that kind of happened with this fight. Uh, I want to say the number was four or six. Uh, I'm not sure the exact number, but we'll, we'll say four, right? Four A's hitters were hit during this three-game series. Loriano three times. Loriano was hit three times in the series. No Astros Twice by the same pitcher. And you would think it's Twice the Twice by the same pitcher. You would think it's mind. the Astros getting hit, right? Just because of everything happening. Yeah. And exactly. so Loriano gets hit twice in the same game by the same pitcher. Nothing happens to the pitcher. They don't say a word. They don't give him a warning. Nothing. Loriano's a little upset about it. So he points at the pitcher, starts chirping at him. And on the way to first, you see this first or this coach in the in the Astros dugout. Like, the hitting coach. <laughs> like signal over, like, come here, like ready to fight. And so Loriano's about it. He just he just goes right after him the second he saw that come here. And um, for me, the first thing I thought was like, all right, we're really protecting the Astros here, right? Because you're just the Astros are just hitting other people now, and nothing's happening. But if you hit an Astro, or not even hit an Astro, if you throw at an Astro, you get suspended eight games, right? Yeah. But now you have the coaches on the Astros antagonizing and starting fights. Like, this guy got hit twice in this game. He's, he's going to be mad. And now you have coaches saying, come here, let's fight. Yeah, it's nuts. There's something, really like, nuts. to me, there's something just really, really fundamentally wrong about a coach, somebody who's there to, like, guide players and make them better, instigating a fight. There's something just wrong about that to me. And I don't know if it's, like, the hiring process out there in Houston. I don't know what's going on, but they need to figure it out because it is the the epitome of just bad business going on out there. Yeah, that that was nuts, man. Uh, you you just don't expect to see that. Like, I think it's hilarious, but at the same time, it's just like, really, bro? No, I, like, I'm that, all for I'm all doing. for like MLB like scuffles and all that. I think it's great, but once you start like yeah. once it's not between the players, because that's who it should be between. Because if if you're caught up in the moment, you're angry that something happened, you kind of understand it, you know. But as a guy who's not even suited up. You got the batting and I mean, there, there always is chirping between, like, just anybody in the dugout. So, like, it's warranted. But chirping is one thing. When you're literally telling him, come on, let's fight. 
And you see him in the video, like, he's waving his hands, like, come on. And then he steps up out of the dugout and pulls his pants up. So it's like, really? Yeah. Like, it, it, it <laughs> you, you sit, bout about it, it like that. That's, well, that's no. what we're doing. Okay. And and I, I it, 100% anticipate that Manfred's going to suspend Loriano like, 10 games, and nothing's going to be said about the coach. Yeah, for charging the dugout. What? They're, they're not going to get the video footage of the coach and putting it on yeah. but and Loriano charging them oh yeah get him get him out of there yeah and and honestly if I'm the MOB like after this season ends honestly if you wanted to during it but I, for our viewers sake I hope not uh they just need to kind of come together and just demand Manfred's just retirement because everything that he's done in the last nine months from the scandals out in Houston out in Boston the way that they were handled this Joe Kelly thing the whole preparation for this season and then not implementing actual uh, punishments and incentives, or not incentives, but, you know, things to do to keep everybody safe from COVID. He's just really showing incompetence. We talked about it last week. I don't want to harp too long about it, but it's something needs to be done. Yeah. Gotta be it's done. Just bad. But yeah, it's they, embarrassing. But the A's too. do look good. That, that I fully agree. The A's look fantastic. They won nine in a row. They're getting it done the way the A's always do. I don't know if they keep it going because that's just the Oakland way. <laughs> but I don't know. Um, yeah, but we're a quarter of the way through. And pretty much the teams we expected to be good besides the Rockies are at the top of the, at the, top of the boards. Like Dodgers are a game behind them or half a game behind them. So they're playing well. They're eleven and five. Uh, you got the Cubs who are playing good baseball. The Braves who are good. Oakland, Minnesota, uh, Cleveland's getting a lot from their pitching, which we expected. They're hitting a little bit better than expected, also. And then the Yankees are the uh, Giancarlo list Yankees, mind you. Uh, he went to the IL this weekend, but they're still playing pretty good as well. So any uh. Any takes before we kind of shift gears here? Um, no, not really. Just it's gonna be fun to see how the rest of this plays out. Yeah, we're gonna like you we're said, we're a quarter not, of the way through. We're close to the halfway point. We're coming up on as uh, we get the ball rolling. Teams are starting to show themselves a little more. The imposters are gonna be starting to weed their way out. Teams that are balling right now, but we know that they're not, and uh, that would probably be like the Tigers, and I mean, uh, maybe like, eh, the, right now just the Tigers from what I see, maybe the Orioles too, but the Rays been balling too, like uh, they usually do, so it's going to be interesting to see how that team does, if they're going to stay how we usually expect them to do it, like kind of like the way the A's are. Just a low-level team coming out, balling. So, just a lot of stuff to look out for. Nothing really to write home about yet. Yeah, and we'll get, like, really in-depth with the MLB at the halfway point when, again, all the imposters and the true contenders are kind of starting to show our midseason MVPs, Cy Youngs, all that good stuff. So, probably, like, two weeks away from that episode, I'd imagine. Something like that. But, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, we don't have too much else for you guys, so we're going to go ahead and jump into 
the segment that has been revived, resuscitated from the ground like the like the phoenix it rose. Smarter stupid. You got you got a smarter stupid for me, Brick? Uh yeah, let's kick it over to the NBA and the newly eliminated New Orleans Pelicans. Okay. Smarter stupid. The Pelicans put in Zion Williamson on a five minute in interval minute restriction while they're trying to make a playoff run. Smart or stupid? So I'm gonna go with smart. And I and here's okay. the reason for that. Obviously they still had a chance to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I think they're really thinking long term here, and that even if mm-hmm. they made the playoffs, now they're just putting more games out there for these young guys who might not be fully healthy. And the playoff experience would be nice, but it's also not a typical playoff experience. Like this is something completely separate. So I think they were kind of taking their losses, and if people were going to play above and get them to the playoffs, awesome. But they, they want to keep their actual future for when their team is supposed to be good. Uh, they want to keep that timeline open and not just further injure people. So I, I think it was smart, personally. I can feel that. I'm not mad at that. Yeah, and, and you know, you want to win, just but the at the same time, it, it, yeah. you know. I feel it. You don't want to be bad I'm for half that. a decade and then get your guy, and now you want to be good right away. That's just not how it works, you know? So, uh, for you, though, I got a smarter stupid. Smarter stupid. What's up? Steph Curry becoming the Michael Jordan brand of Under Armour. I love it. It's smart. It's genius. Because nobody out here wants to be rocking some Under Armors. And now you take the logo off the shoe, and now you got some Currys. And people are going to buy it. Oh, absolutely. And, and people, great people were buying Steph Currys before. Don't. But those were like the Steph Curry fans. Exactly. Now you're gonna have just like shoe shoe fans. Well, hopefully, like, if they, sneakerheads are gonna get it. I uh, say that again. I said yeah. Like, hopefully, if they like come out right, obviously sneakerheads aren't just gonna yeah. wear it. But uh, yeah, of course. But you're, you're definitely. Course. I think you're definitely right on this. Uh, making a separate brand for Steph through Under Armour is is what's happening. So he's kind of. You know how Jordan brand is through Nike. They are a Nike brand, but Jordan brand is kind of its own thing. Uh, that's essentially what's going to be happening out for Steph. Uh, he's going to have the whatever they want to call it, the Steph Curry brand. Is what I'm going to call it until further notice. And I imagine he's going to have clothes, shoes, hats, jackets, yeah. all the above. And I this is so smart for on his end because he's one of the biggest players in the world he's probably the second biggest player in the world honestly in terms of like fan base i think people just absolutely love steph curry worldwide statewide yeah obviously he's like the the for he before lebron got there he was the face of california for a little bit and you know to have a guy with a brand like that this is just smart for under armor because they know that their sneaker presence isn't particularly strong but Steph's brand exactly. power is. So if they can figure out a way to kind of separate the two without actually separating the two, this is the right way to do it. Yeah, and it's it's not like they weren't making money. Like they they were still getting their bread where they needed to. But now you reach the masses instead of constricting like your consumers to just all right, 
either you're an Under Armour fan and you're going to get Under Armours regardless, or you're a Curry fan, like I said, and you're just trying to rep your boy. Now, if the sneakers are hard, you're going to get them. Absolutely. And if you rock with Curry, now you're really rocking his shoe. You're not rocking an Under Armour shoe. Exactly. So it's great for both sides. Exactly. And it's just Steph making more money moves, which you kind of love to see these NBA exactly. players just really being on top of their their branding. Of course. Of course. Get your bag. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's more than just the All game. Day, it's more than bag. just what they do on the court. And seeing them like as the social media age has kind of gone on, learn how to develop their own brand and decide mm-hmm. that we're, I'm going to go out of my way and build a brand is is just exactly what you need. And other sports really need to pay attention and do the same thing. And, I mean, look at MJ right now. Still dropping shoes, just different colorways and all that. So now you get another player of Curry, and people love Curry. So for years to come, people are going to be getting everything from him. So you already know how that's going to rock. So it's going to be dope. Yeah. And I'm, I hope they're good. I really hope they're I good. I I definitely do too. More diversity in sneakers is definitely what what I'm I'm here for Facts. as a sneaker guy. I, I love to have more diversity in it and have different Facts. brands and all that kind of coming instead of just Nike and Adidas running the show like they tend to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, right before we go, I do want to mention uh, I brought it up earlier, but the PGA Championship happened this weekend. It is one of the the bigger golf tournaments of the year. And, and golf is in full effect. Obviously, it's a sport. You can kind of get away with social distancing and stuff, so it makes sense that this goes on. Uh, Colin mm-hmm. Murakawa takes home the championship. He wins $2 million. Uh, he, he shot a under 13 for the, for the week for the weekend. And then uh, my, my personal two favorite golfers actually both finished in second. Um, Dustin Johnson, who's just been a beast for the last handful of years. And then the sleeper, Paul Casey. So, Nick, if you're listening to this, you know how much uh, I dig my dog, Paul Casey. Uh, he, he had a great week. So, some so a little bit of golf. I saw tidbit. at one point, I saw at one point, I don't know what hole it was, but there was like a five-weight tie up at the top. Yeah, it was It was a close, it was a very, very close yeah. tournament. Um, I think, I want to say it was seven people finished at minus ten. Including like Jason Day and Tony Finau, who are just ballers as well, and then for mm-hmm. second place it was uh, minus eleven for Casey and Dustin Johnson. So yeah, it was it was like a they were jostling for position over there for that second and and fourth kind of positioning, and that's kind of what you love when you have a, a last day in golf where there's so many moving parts and so many people trying to win that little bit of extra money in positioning. Uh, that that's really what it's all about. Yeah, and so um, if you're not in the golf, Sucks. maybe check it out next time we got a major, because th- this was definitely the golf tournament to watch to get you into it. So if if you're looking for some replays to get into, PGA tournament 2020. Yeah, yeah I try to catch a little bit of it, but like we said at the beginning, it's just been so much sports, man. We got baseball, basketball at any given point, hockey. The playoffs are about to start, so that's been. Uh, been catching a couple games of that so i mean it's just everywhere you look you got sports man and i hope everybody's enjoying it because because i know we are yeah we went so long (laughs) without it that we're not taking it for granted this time i'm gonna watch games you know 
I know for a fact we are, and we're getting every little bit we can. Absolutely. But thanks, guys, again for watching. As always, we are almost at 40 episodes, which is incredible. Thank you guys so much for for always tuning in. and Appreciate all the support. Exactly. Joining us on Great. social media and all the stuff that you guys do. We really do appreciate it uh, and hope that you continue to do so. And um, we're the spectators. We'll see you next time. Later, everybody.